All right. Good evening and welcome to Lost in the Long Box for Wednesday, July 3rd. You know, I got to stop sitting here bebopping when I hear the music because I <laughs> forgot we have video now. Oh, it looks great. So the music was playing. And I was just over here bopping away and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. They see that. So, <laughs> how's everybody doing? How's everyone's weekend? That was great. Mine was great as well. Good. Um, what did I do last week? I don't think I did anything last weekend. I may have been why it was great. I did a lot. Of, no, I did a lot of housework. I know that. My my wife has this this slight, I guess, condition. Maybe she seems to think my weekend is her weekend. So I I get a list of stuff to do around the house. I'm like, well, okay then. You know, at work they gave me the opportunity to have uh, Friday off. They said they said that we had to make up the time earlier in the week in order to get Friday off. But if I work, you know, my regular shift, extra hours on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I could have Friday off. I chose not to do it because my wife has to work that day. And you know as well as I do, there is no way in the world I'm going to be able to sit home on my butt watching TV yeah, all day. I would have had a honey-do list. Right. I'm like, you know what? I'll well, just go to work. you don't tell them you take a like, day off. I'll just go to work. Hey, Madman, before we get going, to make sure we don't have a repeat of last week's incident, can we check the mic on the camera? I just did that. We don't have an echo. <laughs> okay, cool. I, I wanted to ask you, should we take that uh, video down? No, video's fine. Okay. Yeah, because I felt like Al Bundy last week. Hey, 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 you, you, you. Right. That, that's my fault, fellas. And I actually didn't know about it. A Did you score of, four touchdowns in one game? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> friend of mine was friend of mine was uh, was listening to it at work, and he came and said, you know you got an echo on your show? I'm like, what yeah. do you mean? <laughs> yeah. like, on the video, it echoes out the whole thing. I'm like, That's why I think we should take it down. I don't know. No, video's fine. Yeah. We're, we're okay. We're okay. We're cool. I've heard no complaints. So. Besides, we all some handsome devils. You're going to deny us being seen? Yeah, right. All right, pretty boys. Mm, okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Why would you, you want, want to take us, us <laughs> right? down? <laughs> now all I got to do is put a little hyper-masculine into it so it can be like, Sunday, 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 Sunday. <laughs> really? All right. So let's get to some of the news items. Um, and wouldn't you know it, this actually dropped late last night, um, but today was the day. Walking Dead came to an end at issue 193. Yeah, the surprise daylight's out of me. Right. Well, I, I think th- it did everybody. Yeah, I think even the people who regularly subscribing were like, wah, wah, wah. Well, so, they had solicitations for 194 and 195 exactly. you know, printed up. I mean, so, it, was, it was a swerve, bro. Well, remember, um, I started to call him Hickman. Um, Kirkman. Even said that he was probably going to end that series at 200. I think that was his plan. Right. Um, but I think what happened is he might have gotten, because um, 193 is a giant size issue mm-hmm. um, for the same price. So it's actually cool of images part. But I think what happened is he probably went to image and said, hey, I'm not going to do 200 issues. I'm going to do a, jub- a double sized last issue because I can tell this all in the issues that would have been 94 and 195 in, in one issue and, and be done with it. Because remember, Image is still all creator-owned. They right. they don't push you to publish. They don't say, where's your next issue at? If you have a delay of some sort, they're like, tell us when you're back type of thing. Right. You know, I kind of have mixed feelings about that. One hand, I was like, you know, why don't you just go seven more issues to 200? On the other hand, it's like, if you've got an end and you feel it's a good end, it's probably better to end it than stretch it out. Right. So... I don't see well, and he that. said a long time ago that um, when the series got to the point where Rick Grimes died, that he was probably going to end the right. series shortly after that. And Rick just bit the dust, like, what, two issues ago, right? 191, yeah. 192? Somewhere. 191. I picked so, that one up. So. Oh, you got that one? Sweet. I did pick that one up. I did not pick up the final issue. I didn't. Re- I stopped reading a long time ago, back during when they got to the prison. But right. I think I am going to try to pick this up in second print because I missed out on today's issue. Just because... Even though I haven't read in years, I would like to see how it ends. And, and same thing. I quit reading just when the Whisperers arc started, after they defeated Negan, and then all of a sudden, here's the new enemy and the head's on the spike. So actually, the TV show has caught up to where I quit reading. Mm. 
But I picked up the last issue because I do want to see how he ends yeah, it. Yeah, I'm curious. I'd like to so see how it ends. I'm going to go home, read it, and I'm probably going to bag and board it and flip that mother on eBay. I didn't say that out loud. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Speculator. <laughs> Speculator. <laughs> right. Exactly. So here's what's funny is um, I, I read today, too, that Image has already said it's gone to a second print. Yeah, well, I figured it would. I mean, it sold out in like 20 minutes. Right, and that was even after um, they did uh, an extended press run or they printed more than they normally did for that issue, and that was already sold out because Diamond yeah. said they're gone. And, and what was funny is Image <laughs> Image said because they did um, extra press run on that and all the comics have to bought it, they told them this is the first time we'll do a buyback if you can't sell them all, and I don't think that's a problem. No, no. <laughs> no, like I said, it, it sold out fast. Sold fast. I, I went on this morning at 6 o'clock online to one of the uh, online websites I use to buy some comics by mail from time to time. Yeah, it was already sold out. Yeah, I would 6 a.m. Re- and I know there's been jokes about this, and, and I know it would really, really tick off a lot of readers. But I would love for that to be all the way back to issue one. He wakes up from his coma, and none of this actually happens. None of it actually happens. <laughs> so you want to go with the Bob Newhart? I was going to say, I was going right. to say the exact same thing. <laughs> we were going to Newhart the Martin. Uh, the come on, Newhart, that's one of the greatest dead. endings ever. Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, bar none. When the light comes oh, on, and there's Suzanne Plachette. Our, our, our younger listeners are going like, what in the hell are they talking about? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and just indulge us old folks for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. But ironically, so. As one zombie series comes to a close, another zombie series is coming back. I'll give you three guesses. Come on, you can do this. Marvel Zombies. There you go. Ding, ding, it's a cookie. Um, coming back in October. Uh, perfect what? time. October. Yep. For well, what? I, I don't know. But I can tell you what, that actually premiered, I guess, in Ultimate Fantastic Four 21. Right. I used to love the Ultimate FF run. That was a great series. And I think I still have those original three or four issues where we see the Marvel Zombies and right. then they came into the main universe and everybody went crazy over it. It was great, you know, the first time around, then they just overused it. And you can get that issue pretty cheap, except for, you know, it's funny because Marvel Zombies, number one, sells for a pretty decent premium, but the first yeah. appearance, you can get pretty Every, cheap. Everybody overlooks those those four issues of Ultimate yeah. Fantastic Four. Everybody. I thought the original run of Marvel Zombies was pretty good. I liked it. I'm not into the zombie thing and because I don't like getting sick while I'm looking at something, but I'm, I'm just playing. But but really, to me, the Marvel zombies, I wouldn't waste my time with it because it insulted my dog on intelligence. As you recall, a few weeks ago, we set up, we were talking about Galactus, for example. Galactus is, is probably one of the baddest of the bad in the Marvel Universe. And you mean to tell me these little zombies took him down and ate him? Uh-uh. Well, my question about the Marvel zombie universe is how does someone like Wolverine or Sabretooth or Deadpool, for that matter, become a zombie? Exactly. The, the, the whole thing just the virus? goes. And, and it's like, and it's like the, the first, and the, when I went and read through the first issue um, of that, they, they got Magneto first. And I'm like, all he has to do is just take metal and put through all of their heads and the books. Oh, and, and, yeah. and the story's over. All, you mean to tell me they just. Oh, let's be honest. There are tons of issues where you can say, okay, how would this work? But I mean, and I never read it because I was kind of over the zombie thing already, even back then. Right. Um, and even as I say that, I'm still reading Deceased by DC. However, I love the covers of the Deceased books. Well, and Deceased has been a good yeah. book so um, far, too. Issue three came really out good. today, and it's got beautiful covers. It's got two great ones. It's got the, um, the homage cover to um, The Nun. Mm-hmm. With Superman and the torn part of the top of being right. a zombie, and it's got the beautiful uh, Matina Wonder Woman cover on it as well. So that's a great one. Um, 
Also, and I know a lot of people are just chomping at the bit for this one, Netflix has greenlit Sandman series. I think they've even already have um, committed to like 13 episodes already. I would have to check the uh, the actual figures on that, but they have actually said, yes, we're filming it, and we're already committed to this many episodes. So that ought to be pretty good. Yeah, it's, as I think Neil Gaiman has to be uh, involved. Oh, absolutely, in yes. Yeah. In order for it to be... To work out right that, that that's going to be a great well, series because that, that was a great comic let's be honest that show is only going to work as if he has some type of creative consultant right who was gaming without yes. a doubt yeah without he, a doubt. he's involved he has to be right yeah i haven't read anything on it but he has to be you know even if he's not even if he's not writing any of the plot scripts or the episode scripts which i'm sure he's probably going to have his hand in a few of them if, if not the very first ep- episode he's got to be there for a consultant so they can come to him for tone and feeling of the character and so I really hope, oh man, I really hope that when they do that, they bring in Death as the goth teenage girl from the series. Oh, she has to be there. Yes. Yeah, so. she's she's a big part of, of it too. So, right. I mean, she has to be there. At some point, they're all be in there. Death, Destiny, Dream. Yes. All of them. All, all the endless. So, uh, and also, and uh, this is actually old news. They, they announced it last week, but I failed to mention it. And I think we should actually talk about it. Um, remember a while back I said I really love what they're doing with the DC Black Label mm-hmm, right. but actually I got to backtrack um, I'll get to the other one uh, I said that I really like DC's Black Label but they need to get off of doing just Batman Right. Um, you know, that's going to get old really fast that's what they do with Elseworlds Elseworlds are really great but they got Batman centric as they went DC has announced that they're going to do basically a high fantasy series that's going to be 12 issues long called The Last God um, and it's going to be Think basically Conan is going to be a um, story about, uh, I guess, uh, a, a race back in ancient times that took out uh, a ruler godlike figure, and then their children have discovered that no, he's not dead; he's still alive. Oh, um, yeah, I heard about that. That could be good. Yeah, it's going to be written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with artists Ricardo Federici and colorist Dean White. I don't know when it's actually premiering. I couldn't find information on that, but it, it might be pretty good. The, the only thing is. And, and this just might be my own personal feelings. I think fantasy is a hard nut to crack in comics. Yeah. Unless it's Conan, nothing really does very good. Yeah. Well, I Other mean, than and, Elric. Yeah, and I think right? in general, anything outside of the superhero realm can be hard to crack into. I mean, well, no, because romance comics did really well through the 40s and 50s and into the 60s and even well, through the early part of the times. 70s. In yeah. modern times. Right. Well, yeah, I guess you couldn't push a romance yeah. comic now. Yeah, like I mean, really no one's going about fantasy. fantasy. But you know what? In, in modern times, horror is still doing really good. Yeah. In fact, that's one of my points here that I'm going to talk about in a minute. But I just, because I think even some of the, the classic fantasies, I just, like, um, OffQuest. OffQuest did good because it wasn't a standard comic book size, and you, you had to get that through, you know, a direct market. Right. But really, I mean, how many fantasy series came out there and just never because even red sonya couldn't stay going that had four or five series they never ran very long they definitely fell under what would be labeled as cult classics right you had to be someone who were either familiar with the characters or who read the stories about these characters but like the ones that i were aware of growing up it was conan red sawyer red sonya sawyer red sonya king cole right Conan you had Fawford and the Gray Mouser, and you had Michael Moorcock's Elric. Right. But and well, the other one too that I really love um, over at DC, the Warlord. Warlord, but oh even, yeah, and Warlord but, was great. But even Warlord had a modern feel to because remember Travis had was a U.S. Air Force pilot who 
classic uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs fell through a hole in the earth right. to, to Middle Earth because um, he still had his gun. But the thing about his gun is he used it sparingly because he knew once I'm out of ammo, I'm done. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Um, and you know what great artist was introduced to, was introduced to us because of the warlord? Uh, no. Dan Jurgens. Oh, oh yes, okay. That's right. That that was one of his first. That's what made me buy the Warlord. Um, back in '83, he did the art chores on that book, and his art was phenomenal. Then I became a big fan of his. He well, later he, did some backup Batman stories, and then he started um really building up. And then his right, then he wound up being able to write and draw, and you know, let's. His super, what he did with Superman, is the rest of his. Uh, he's very un- underrated. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, that series took a nosedive shortly after Crisis, when they put him in that blue and white cors- like Starfaring Corsair type costume, and yeah. had Power Girl down there. And like, okay, now you just screwed it all and, up. And Warlord was originally Mike Grell, right? Mike, yes. yeah, yes. that was Mike Grell. First issue special number eight. Number I think. eight. First yep. appearance of Warlord, and then his own series. And uh, one of the best, one of the best underrated DC series ever. Um, they killed off Travis Morgan, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Damn. He's he's one they need to bring back. We, we should have had that on our bring him back. Yeah. So we got that War of the Realms number six. Marvel, you take the award for a boneheaded move. So apparently War of the Realms number six came out today. One of the variant covers spoils a uh, ending point of the story. Womp, womp, womp. Because it straight up shows the return of the Jane Foster Thor um, holding war th- the War Thor hammer in her grasp, which was supposedly destroyed but gets reassembled in War of the Realms number five. So you, you basically gave away a plot point right on the cover of the book. Way to go, Marvel. Fantastic Four number two, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, no, see, that's even worse because you don't see that one until you're reading the book. Wow. This one is right on the cover. Well, actually, which is worse? To read it and find it or see it right on the cover and, and make go, you well, not want to buy it, right? Right. Especially if you flipped, because remember, nine out of ten times the cover is misleading. What's on the cover is not what actually happens, except in that case when you get to the end of it and you go, well, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so here's the, the part that I was talking about last week that I meant to talk about. So Joe Hill, who is the son of the famous horror novelist Stephen King mm-hmm. and also the creator of the series Lock and Key, um, is going to be doing um, what he's called a, a pop-up line of horror comics for DC Comics called Hill House Comics. So, And just what I was saying about how um, horror comics are doing really good. Yeah, I, I heard about that. So that actually looks like it might be really good. I'm looking forward to some of those. It's going to premiere, I think, with five new series. They're all going to be like limited series, and I don't have any of them on hand right now because I can't remember what they were. And I, sorry, I got kind of silent here because I had a thought right up here that I wanted to bring up, and it just took off on me. And I know what's going to happen is midway through the show, it's going to chime back in there, and I'm going to sit here going, ooh, ooh, wait, wait. Uh, so... You guys got anything that you read or saw this week that you say, hey, man, we should actually talk about this or bring it up or make make somebody aware of it? Hmm, I can't oh. think of it. Um, bing, there it is. I just remembered what it was. There you go. Okay. So, <laughs> so for those of you people who are local here in Fredericksburg, Virginia, or somewhere in North Virginia or even down the Richmond area, this Saturday, July 6th, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. here in Fredericksburg at the Fredericksburg um, Convention Center, it's going to be the Fredericksburg Comic and Toy Show, formerly known as Fredcon. Fred and apparently they're also affiliated with some other shows. And, Tommy, I think one of them is at uh, 
fiasco that you and I spent oh, two yeah. hours and never found. Uh, let's hope that doesn't. Uh, right, exactly. Yeah, I I pretty much know us. where this one is, and I ain't, I'm not going to get into metro yep. stuff that's going to put me off in the middle of nowhere and go, "This ain't it." Right. But so the the news is, Lost in the Long Box will be at um, Frenchburg Comic and Toy Show. Yay! Yeah. We're going to be by um, Column G Four. Uh, now we don't actually have a table there. Um, so and and you know those little. Uh, things when you go to like trade shows where they have the rods and the curtains, whatever, and a little placard back there. We're not going to have one of those. Uh, we're actually not part of the con. Okay, we're just going to the con and hanging out, all right? <laughs> so. Yeah, we're just going to check it out. Be on the lookout for the Holy Grail. Right. <laughs> Which we all know is Patsy Walker. And, and I will have my camera ready to record the fight. Well, well and, and you may get one because Randy took... Bought, sprung for the VIP ticket, and I did not, meaning he gets a half-hour head start. I get a full 30 minutes. <laughs> and, I'm, and, so, I, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm not even going to go hit any of the dealers. I'm just going to make up a big sign that says, in search of Patsy Walker 95, <laughs> any price. And I'm just going to hold it up. <laughs> and he might get speared. <laughs> so, oh, God, Saturday is going to be so much fun. I have a news item that I think we all would we all Oh, that's would, right. It's your it's your segment, right? Oh no, it, well, oh, you're gonna get back it, to your but segment? no, I just read picked this up and I think this would be um something of interest to each and every one of us because they were the subject of um one of our shows a few weeks ago. The Thunderbolts are going to make a triumphant return in the pages of The Punisher number oh, really? 13. Nice. There you go. That's good to get. So so you know, hey, you talked them up, Randy, and they're going to make their make their return. I now, I don't we say know influencer? Huh? Influencer, right? Randy Lewis, influencer? That's and um and uh, I'm just just like it says, Matthew Rosenberg and Sisman Kudransky have been putting together a magnum opus for when it comes to their Punisher run. It delivers on violence, interesting twists and turns and even fixes what Secret Empire did to mess up Punisher. He's been on the course of revenge to stop Baron Zemo for ages now, but appears he may only get the face off with him soon, soon enough. Only this time, Zemo is back with his superhero team. So, how did how did Secret Reign mess or Secret Empire mess up Zemo? I know I, I didn't read it. Uh, oh, you know, I bet it has to tie it, right in with the the Captain America Hell Hydra thing. Yeah, because mm -hmm. it's probably now he suddenly questioned all of his motivation. The guy I'm fighting is on my team. Yeah, <laughs> and also. Um, in the pages of Green Lantern, which was on, t which came out today, they are introducing some new members of the, the new team from the multiverse. Okay, now you actually need to talk about it because I saw that and I didn't read it, and I and I'm thinking back like I should have read what that was. Okay, give me a second. And it's because here. I wasn't really enjoying that run, so I didn't care. Yeah, I exactly. Kinda just, I and, just kind of met it. Like and now, and like I went in went in yesterday and picked up some comics. And I saw this, and I said, there "Ain't no way on God's green earth I'm leaving without this." Oh yeah, uh, is that is that Prody there on a in the front? Pro, who knows? Do you who know knows? who Prody is? Prody, Prody, yeah, yeah, but Prody from uh, um, I love the fact Lee. that I could say Prody, and he would be the only guy in the room who would get it. <laughs> sure, that madman. I see it. Okay, the cameras in the cameras in front of me. Oh, you want to show the camera? Yeah. yeah. There you go, gentlemen. The hard Ooh. traveling heroes back together once again. Nice. And uh, that's a that is one heck of a cover by Liam Sharp. That that actually got um, that was a news article a couple weeks ago. They were they're pushing the hard traveling heroes return. Right now, um, let's see here. 
I just had this up here. That was called a ploy to make those back issues go up in price. Oh, yeah. We'll find out but if like, it works. Um, they're Some bringing, of them you didn't need a ploy to make And they're going to be bringing back a lot of old the Silver Age characters. Like they said, Vartox is going to be for old Superman villain. But what, <laughs> he's going to be showing up. And uh, it's... Uh, going to be very interesting to see what's going to go on with Green Lantern because Green Lantern has been, this run has been hit or miss with some folks. Now with the combination of bringing Green Arrow back and creating the hard-traveling hero scenario, and now with the mo- being, um, Green Lantern being the springboard for something major in the multiverse, uh, Grant Morrison may be getting ready to do a little something-something that uh, made him who he is. Well, I would not be surprised if he doesn't find a way to tie that into Bendis's Legion that's coming. Right. Because the Guardians will, would have to know about it somehow in the future. Right. Um, and I think he actually redid the whole Guardians of the Galaxy or universe soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brent, Brian Michael Bendis actually did just say, um, and this is a news article I didn't actually post it on our news, but Ian's reminded me of it. The new Legion of Superheroes is going to have a direct tie to the Doomsday Clock finale. Ah, so oh. it's, it is going to acknowledge the fact of the Doomsday Clock. Or, so I don't know how it ties in, but Bendis has said they're setting things up that's going to have to be dealt or have ramifications later on in Legion. Wow. So. And, I got, and I couldn't walk out the store without this yesterday. This cover for Superman pays homage to the Flesher Studios. Yes. Superman. Excellent. I have that one at home. Um, the second thing was, as Randy alluded to folks i started a segment that was inspired by the breakfast clubs the donkey of the day because as comic fans we deal with many folks other fans on a different on many levels on facebook and in their interactions going to um stores and you know we're going to be our presence is going to be more at cons as we're continuing to grow but um, a few weeks ago, I, about two weeks ago, I made mention of a certain Facebook group that um, Thomas Randall and I are a part of, in which one member of that group compared Batman to Roman Reigns, which at that time I thought was the stupidest thing that I've ever heard in my life. How in the hell do you compare a comic book character that has been around for eight decades to a wrestler who's only been wrestling or been around for 10 or 12. But then I saw something that topped it. And this definitely falls in, I have seen it all. Some jackass in that group decided that they wanted to post that they thought it would be a good idea that since Stan Lee has gone to, to earn his rest, that they need to find someone else to make the cameos in the Marvel films. And this fool said Deadpool was a great idea. Okay. First of all, this is dumber than Batman being called Roman Reigns, and I'll tell you why. First of all, The reason why Stan Lee was making these cameos in these movies is because he created or had a hand in the creation of these characters. Deadpool is at the most a knockoff of a a character from another company. Now, why in the hell would you want to have 
a overexposed character just show up in these films. And contrary to popular belief, Deadpool is not as popular as we have, uh, as, as some of you have been led to believe. Because as if he was so popular, why can't he eclipse the guy that he was knock, he's a knockoff of, meaning Deathstroke? And then on top of that, you spit in the face of any other surviving member of the Marvel bullpen who could be an excellent replacement for Stan Lee. Case in point, John Romita Sr., who would who would be who would be the obvious choice? He to me he would be the obvious choice because not only did he do most some of the artwork most of the artwork during that time, but if you bought anything in marketing, he did the artwork on that. The the comic cups that you got from Seven Eleven back in the day, most of that artwork he did that. And some of the most iconic artwork that you see at Marvel that you see on notebooks um toys or what have you he did that plus he designed the costume for wolverine so it's kind of like a no-brainer that if you are going to get someone to not take take stan lee's place but take his space it would be someone like john romita senior but no you jackasses want to have an overrated, overexposed, big-mouthed, knuckleheaded character like Deadpool. And for the gentleman who made that suggestion, you are the LLB, you big dummy of the week. Awesome sauce. Uh, so now that Enos has pulled that out, and I, and I got to tell you, because I read that, and I'm not going to re- put my reply on there because the people on that thread will know immediately <laughs> right. who it was. But yeah, I was not the only one who went, are you serious? Um, so new releases this week. Um, DC, uh, Deceased number three came out. I really love the alternate covers on this thing, especially the all the horror homages they're doing. Um, this week's one is um, basically an homage to the Nun uh, horror right. movie that just came out, which is part of the whole Annabelle series. Um, I actually need to sit down and watch all those because I've seen two of those and they're fantastic. So I might have to just get all of them and watch them in order because there was a recently released list of, of the order the movies actually take place in chronologically as opposed to release date type of thing. Um, Lois Lane, number one. A couple weeks ago, we mentioned that uh, Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen's were getting new um, 12 issue Maxi series. So issue one of Lois Lane dropped. Sorry, I'll be waiting for that one in trade. <clears throat> And then Superman Up in the Sky, number one, dropped today. Big surprise you brought that up. Right. You know what that is, right? Mm-hmm. I am going to smack you in the kisser. I know exactly <laughs> no, where you're going with no, that because no. Tom King wrote it. Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 Randy has like six Why did copies. I, how did I miss that? <laughs> so it came out today. Already. There might still be some over at uh, Gateway. I wanted to go to Gateway before buy I got all, right? here, but well, I had too much work to do. I, said, <laughs> I left work at about... Uh, Five tail. I, I should said, have picked you up another one. Yeah, I'll um, they open tomorrow. Uh, yeah, uh, actually, I don't know. You could hit him on Facebook, he's probably got to be open tomorrow, I right? Mean. But and anyway, well, come to shove, I can always hit him on uh, Saturday. Yeah, for you guys who don't know, um, all those DC 100 pay spectaculars they were doing at Walmart for like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and all they're now actually being collected in um, four issue miniseries um, for comic shops. So the first one of those, Superman Up in the Sky, dropped today. And I think the Batman one's coming out and the Wonder Woman one's going to be coming out. So um, Image Comics Space Bandit number one. Uh, I'm only mentioning it because Image has done a really great job the last few years of. Uh, 
unorthodox non-superhero comics, and this looked like it's going to be in the same vein. It's basically two competing interstellar criminals, basically, you know, con artists. Um, I think they're both female. Um, they're bitter enemies until both their crews betray them, so they suddenly find themselves as uh, allies. As uh, allies, so yes. Marvel Comics, um, and this one, I got to tell you, I this came out of left field. I didn't even know they were releasing this one, but if you're a huge fan of the World War II era Captain America and the Invaders, um, Captain America and the Invaders Bahama Triangle number one dropped today. Now, is that a miniseries or a one-shot? I, I saw that. But I it might be it a one-shot, um, but it is set in a WW2 era. So, Yeah, hmm. I saw that, and that, that's something I was definitely intrigued by. And then Fantastic Four, um, Prodigal Son number one dropped, uh, which will be followed by Silver Surfer and Guardians of the Galaxy. And it all deals with uh, an alien visitor that has arrived in the Savage Land. I don't know how the whole story ties up. I wasn't going to pick it up. Uh, my comic shop just immediately put it in my polls, and I'm thinking... Okay, I'll go ahead and give it a shot. And then I don't know how you pronounce this. Arrow, A-E-R-O, yeah. um, number one drop today. I picked it up, um, two copies of it, because one of the artists on that book, Pop Man, is going to be at Fredericksburg Comic and Toy Show. So there might be a surprise for you Lost and Longbox listeners next week on that book. So best stay tuned. That's the best way to remember how to pronounce it, this thing of Aerosmith. Right, Arrow. Ooh, yeah, there you go. So anyway, that's what come, came out this week. Blah, blah. Going back to that Captain America one real quick. I I was wondering about getting this. I'm looking at written by Roy Thomas, art and cover by Jerry Ordway. I think I'm all in for that. Oh, man. Heck yeah. All-Star Squadron well, crew? I tell you what, yeah. I think I'm all in for that now. Well, I tell you what. You pick that up, and I'll take it to Dragon Con, and I'll get Roy to sign it, because Roy Thomas is at Dragon Con. Okay. Um, and he's doing that whole, I'll take donations for like, um, I think the comic book legal defense fund or something like that for signings. Give me one too. I love Matchbox 20. What? That's Rob Thomas. That's Rob name. Thomas. Oh, no. <laughs> my bad. And I already, I already threw my thing at, at Tommy. I don't have something to throw at you now. Here, here, go ahead. I'll, I'll hand it back to you. It deserves a toss. God, I hate him sometimes. You know what? While you're at it, read our ad, would you? <laughs> Shut up, Enos. Don't encourage him. <laughs> Thank you, Enos. <laughs> that makes my day just so wonderful. Yeah, anyway, so La uh, La Ugh, Lost in the Long Box is sponsored by Flashback Comics. Uh, they are located out of Woodbridge, Virginia, and they have tons of new comics, back issues, trade paperbacks, toys, and statues. They are located at 3112 PS Business Drive, just off of Smoketown Road. Uh, they're open Monday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 6.30 p.m., and on Sundays, they're open from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. And be sure to tell Troy that Lost in the Long Box sent you. So, you know what's funny is when he said that, you could see Tommy and I, the brain train, just screeched to a halt as we both went, what? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I guess maybe it's because we're veterans and veterans. Do, and we, we that's the kind of stuff we do in the military. I'm like, I knew what he was doing. That's why I was I, so I totally was lost. I'm like, what in the hell are you talking about? <laughs> like, <laughs> if you had said Danny Thomas, y'all would have had to call the, called the paramedics. That would have been no good. I would like to add before we get on the, sh on the subject for this week, guys, don't sleep on Aquaman. This book, Kelly Sue DeConnick, hats off to your sister if you're listening you are doing the damn thing with this book. I picked up 49 uh, la last night. I haven't read it yet, but um, there's some major things going on in Aquaman. Number one, Mira is pregnant. You know what? She started that run with issue 42. I think so. I, I, I may just look for the rest of that run at the con this weekend. 
because I'm I'm kicking myself in the head that I didn't jump on as soon as oh I, my god I read that she was taking it over so and, and and I mean she is just doing the damn thing and also on the, with more Aquaman news they're going to and I'm not sure I agree with this or not but they're now going to have him wearing having the tattoos now <laughs> going to make him look like Jason Momoa yeah and and, and I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's cool that the movie did well, and finally Aquaman won. But I'm sorry, I can deal with the long hair and the beard, but come on, y'all are y'all are really starting to stretch out these cotton picking tattoos. That's cool for Momoa because Momoa will rock it. He can do that. He's different. But leave it out the comments. Come on, leave Aquaman. Leave something for us old schoolers who love him the way he right. is. Although I, I did like the line, just like a bat. I did it. I can dig it. <laughs> so, um, and while you're, and real quickly, before we get to the topic, since you went and did that, um, another one that I'm going to hardly suggest everybody jump on to, and it hasn't started yet, Dynamite Comics is doing Daredevil. And I don't mean like the Marvel Daredevil. I mean the, the Golden Age the Daredevil, Golden Age. the guy with the half red and the half blue suit. Um, and it's going to be written by Gail Simone. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I just know she's gonna knock that out the park. So yeah, support the ladies, y'all. That's, support that's, the ladies. Yeah, so I'm yeah, Gail, if you're listening, I am really looking forward to that book because I know she's gonna do something fantastic. Troy, if you're listening, put that on my pull list. Right. Um, and actually, I just, I actually need to call Troy and, and give him like four titles to the pull list to make him very happy. Oh yeah, I hope you got that Jim Starlin book too because I gotta come get that broski. We, All right. We could just place our order. All right. Say, and, Troy, and so if you're listening, we're just going to place an order online. It says, I want this. And right now, Troy's list with pen and paper. Well, damn it. Give me the titles. Um, so. You could pause the video, bro. That's exactly. So so for tonight's subject, um, and guys, I'm going to tell you right now, um, we are going to be talking about Spider-Man Far From Home because for many um, cities, it opened last night, Tuesday, um, July 2nd. So if you have not seen Spider-Man Far From Home, you should probably either turn off the podcast and come back when you have and quit watching, quit watching the video. Uh, we'll wait. Okay. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> we are going to talk about Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, Madman, I don't know what you're going to do because we're probably going to spoil a lot of this. And if you actually are still listening and you stuck around, this is your spoiler alert. We are going to spoil anything we think of. Yeah, I I'm just going to be sticking here with my fingers in my ears. I promise. Um, so first off and foremost, I will just I will tell you right now, I love this movie. I like it a lot lot better than I did Spider-Man Homecoming. I don't make secret of the fact that I just did not think Spider-Man Homecoming was a good movie. Yeah, yeah. There was two things on that movie that clicked for me, and I'm talking about the first one, Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, Michael Keaton is Vulture, Vulture and Tom Holland is Spider-Man. Love them. And, and, and honestly, Marissa Tomei, Marissa Tomei, I mean, you can put her in a, an ad for, you know, whatever, and I'll, and I'll watch it like 20 times because it's Marissa Tomei. Um, but I was not a fan of Spider-Man Homecoming. It, you know, it was a good start, but I'm like, mm, really don't like it. Far From Home, to me, is everything Homecoming is not. It's, oh, yeah. it's a great movie. Uh, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. I, I went into it not really knowing what to expect because I really wasn't wild by the... Uh, by the advertisements. As a matter of fact, we were talking about that. We were talking about getting our pizza up in the VIP section. <laughs> right. And I told you that I thought I was more excited about the pizza than I was right. the movie. And I was wrong. I was wrong. So it was a great movie. What I loved about it, gentlemen, is that I finally got a Spider-Man movie that I could really enjoy in the vein that I feel that he should, or, or the pattern that he should be going 
I'm sorry, but after a while, the sad sack, oh, woe is me, Spider-Man, is gets kind of old. I love Tom Holland's take on the character. Tobey Maguire still has a special place in my heart, and I will still say Spider-Man 2, of all of the Spider-Man films, is the best one because the chemistry between Alfred Molina and Tobey Maguire is just freakingly, freaking awesome. Right. You can't top that. But I will have to say this was a lot better than even I anticipated, and I enjoyed the, the movie very much. But I'll get go more into this as we're going in. Well, the, the Spider-Man Two with Doc Ock is at its heart was a love story, um, and in a lot of ways, that's what Far From Home is is right. a love story because he's just a teenage kid who wants to be a teenager and hang with the girl that he wants to be with, and the superhero thing is getting in the way. Um, Henceforth, so, along with great power comes great, great responsibility. Exactly. Uh, so I really, <laughs> I'm just going to go straight, straight with the bullet. Um, Madman, you're going to want to earmuff here. Um, there's a great part where Aunt May is talking to Peter about his spider sense, but he hasn't actually named it. And he tells her that, you know, it'll warn him if there's anything, you know, in danger. It's like, oh, you mean like your Peter tingle? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, can, can we not call it that? <laughs> <laughs> and, then for the, and for the rest of the movie, everybody has grabbed onto it. Because even Happy Hogan at one point, oh, are you getting a Peter tingle? Is your, is your Peter tingle working? <laughs> he's like, he's like, it's, and he just, Tom Holland just keeps getting a look at his face like, can we not call it that? <laughs> and then until finally when he actually does need it, and then he's like, okay, Peter Tingle. Over here. <laughs> I, and I was telling a friend of ours, Wayne, if you're listening, um, I said, you know what? I said, I'm now forever calling it Peter Tingle. Spider sense is just gone. <laughs> I would like to have been sitting next to him when they said that just to hear him laugh. Wayne oh, yeah. the train. <laughs> Both you and Wayne have a distinctive laugh. There's a great part, uh, guys. You're gonna love this. So I'm sitting next to our one friend Tom, and in the theater, and there's a scene in the movie. It's it's at the end where Peter Parker, Spider-Man's all happy. He's saved the day. He's got the girl. He's swinging through the city, and he's going woohoo, doing that thing. And Tom looks at me and goes, "I thought that was Enos." I'm like, "No." And then another scene later on, he goes woohoo, and I looked at Tom and went, "Also not Enos." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when we saw that, Enos and I looked at each other and goes, Enos goes, Do you th are you thinking what I'm thinking? And I was like, J. Jonah Jameson? He's like, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll save that. But uh, what I really, <laughs> I really love the fact that they totally did a 180 because in Spider-Man, when he says MJ, she loved, the, the Tobey Maguire one, she loved swinging through the city with him, and it was fantastic. He shows up, and he grabs this MJ and says, you're going to love this. And you can tell right from the beginning, she does not love no. it. No. <laughs> I thought that was funny. She was like, oh, God! Oh, no! <laughs> and she's hot. When I got so tickled when she was looking, I can't look. I can't look up again. <laughs> well, what I like is when he stops and pushes her down, and she goes, we are never doing that, that again. <laughs> I love how when I drink, all conversation just stops. Um, so one of the things that's really fantastic about this movie, um, and, and for me, it's, it's right up there with, with what made the first one great, is the characterization or the motivation of the villains is spot on. Mm -hmm. um, I will freely admit I'm not a huge fan of Jake Gyllenhaal. I haven't seen a lot of his movies. But as Mysterio, he just nailed this part yes, right from the, very, oh, he knocked it out the, from the first time yes, you see him on did. screen. 
Uh, you know, I again, like like you said, I like Tom Holland as as Spider Man, but for the second straight movie, the villain was the best part of the movie. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, which and, is good because I like it when the villain. Did y'all notice how natural and relaxed that Gyllen how Gyllenhaal was when he was doing that? Mm-hmm. It was just like it was just second nature, right? And, he, and it was, and that's what made it believable. Yeah, the the way he the, the way he handled the character, even when he was being vengeful there was the clueless villains are the guys you love to hate but there's something likable about them and this and this mysterio falls right in line well with that. and here's the reason he's so likable is when his actual motivation comes out as to why he's doing it you find yourself nodding your head going you're right <laughs> you were screwed yeah. <laughs> well and the, and the thing the thing about it is too you know even though everybody in that theater knew mysterio was the villain i mean come on everybody knew that right well, yeah. you know it some of the stuff he was saying was right. Like, you know, like when he was talking to Peter, like, what do you want to do? Well, I need to do this. It's like, no, what do you, Peter Parker, want to do with your life? You know? And he goes, I want to go be with my girl. It's like, well, then do it. You know? Yeah, it it was. It's not like he was giving Peter bad advice. It's not like he was being, you know, evil when he was talking to him like that. And and here's the, the thing that really got me about that scene is, is you know that, okay, he's just trying to get his hands on the glasses. But at the same time, you get the feeling that he's being genuine with Peter saying, yes, you are a high school student. If you want to go on a class trip and hang with your friends and be with the girl you love, then you should do that. Right. You, you got the feeling that he was being genuine with Peter. Yeah. Like, it says, yeah, this is too big of a burden for a kid like you. Go have fun. It's what you're supposed to do. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, he really came across as, as, as caring about Peter. Right, because even when it finally comes down that, you know, had to go into it, you totally believe him when he tells Peter, I'm sorry, Peter, you know, that, that, that it has to be this way. Yeah. It's like, I didn't want to do want it to yeah. come to this. And you re- you believe him, like you said. You completely believe him. Well, not to mention Jake Gyllenhaal looks like Peter Parker. Let's face it. If Spider-Man was a real person, he, Jake Gyllenhaal. He would be great for a middle-aged Spider-Man if yeah. you want to delve into some of the later storylines, mm-hmm. uh, which – I I noticed that part of what they did at at the end there um, was stealing right from the original Civil War. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll touch on that in a second. Actually, I don't think we'll give away the end credit scenes and the post credit scene. We'll save something out there for the people who haven't seen it yet. For those of you who haven't seen the movie and said the hell with it, I'm going to listen in anyway. We won't spoil everything for you. That's just right. mostly. Just right. most of it. Right. Right. Just mostly. Uh, so I tell you one one of my pet peeves though about this movie and the last one. Okay, Um, so and it has to do with Zendaya as MJ, and it's not the criticism you think it is. Zendaya is actually a beautiful woman. She is. Um, And in the comics, MJ is a beautiful girl. Now, Kevin Feige has already come out and said, this is not the MJ from the comics. Okay, I'm fine with that. You think? But (laughs) but she is a very beautiful woman. If you've seen her in The Last Showman, she's wonderful in that. And another thing, she's just fantastic. So why do they take all the extra effort to plane her up in these movies? I'm still trying to figure that out because one of them, the appeal of Mary Jane Watson has always been she's a lot of fun to be around and everybody likes her. Right. This Mary Jane Watson, she's so introverted. And right. you and you and if you recall, there's a part where she says she doesn't like to come to grips with the truth. She likes to hide the truth a lot when she had to be forced to realize that she did like Peter. Right. See, I love her character in both of these movies. Thought it was great. I just really, really wish that she had a different name. 
I, I know it. It does kind of rub raw because yeah. I mean, it, I love the character. Love the character. She's fantastic in this show. She's one of the best in the movie. She's one of the best parts of this movie. Just really, I don't wish know. They I kind of really love Ned in this one. Ned, was Ned stole too. the show. <laughs> Ned was Between great Ned too. and Mysterio, they stole the show. Right. Ned, Ned was great too, but I, I, I loved her character. I just really wish it was named something other than right. MJ. Well, and that's because we're all old school and we know that right. MJ was supposed to be the supermodel quality girl in high school that every guy wanted to be with and every woman wanted to be. And, and Peter was the lucky average everyday guy who got the good looking girl. Who got her. I mean, right. to me, if she had MJ's, you know, personality, I'd have no issue with her being. You want her MJ. to be more face at target. You just hit the jack. That's what I want. Yeah, when I hear MJ, that's that. who I want. And this is not who this is. Right. Great character. I loved her parts. Was thoroughly entertained by her. Just really wish she was named something other than Well, MJ. you know what? You know what you do? <laughs> As I just go ahead and start planting the seed and whatever writer might be listening out there. You actually have, in the next movie, we meet the real Mary Jane Watson. And you find out that she used to be neighbors to this MJ. And so when he said, she introduced herself as MJ, and Peter goes, oh, you're MJ too? You have her go... You stole my nickname. <laughs> uh, that could work, but but yeah, I I like I said, I love her character. Just like you know, Flash Thompson in this is a great character. I hate that character still, <laughs> but he's not Flash. No, Thompson. no, he's not. A lot Flash of Thompson is supposed to be the the stereotypical jock, high school jock, jock bully, jock bully, and but, this guy's a bully. Uh, yeah, but, he, but he's this not guy a jock. Is the is he's the other side of Flash? That's not the jock. He's the pain in the butt. And, and, Knucklehead. and the pro- the problem the big well, problem the, I have with him is when I see the two of them standing next to each other, Peter could take him Peter easily. Could take him. <laughs> and, and and I don't mean Peter with super strength. I mean I just mean regular Peter everyday yeah. Peter could yeah. take him. And and that's that's why I didn't like him being Flash Thompson because you know he's not intimidating. I do like. <laughs> I do like the way Mary Jane gets him on the airplane when they're leaving to go to Venice, and he's got that glass of wine, and she tells the stewardess, uh, yeah, he blips, so technically he's only 16. <laughs> he's like, what? No! <laughs> but I loved, I loved how they gave, uh, gave us a little tiny bit of an insight on why he is the way he is. Yeah. Uh, who, that flash Thompson? That flash at the end. Yeah, I like that. That was good. But we we got a little taste we of got a, we got why taste. he is the way he is because I felt bad for him when I saw yeah, that scene. Yeah, because no one pays any attention right, to him. Right, I felt so bad. So he him. draws attention to himself and he picks on Peter. He's he's overcompensating basically. Yeah. So right. Um. By the way, listeners, um, the snap is now officially renamed the blip in oh. this movie. Which kind of, and I guess it had to name it something because let's be honest, they didn't know about the snap. I mean, right. <laughs> they yeah. weren't there to know what it was. Although I really do love that when they're talking about the, the blip and the video footage of the people who came back, that was a great scene where the marching band disappears and when they came back, it was right in the middle of the basketball game. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. Yeah, yeah. I like how it was handled. It was great. That was great. Well, and it, it, it addressed the fact that because we all had that same question well, yeah, we at the end of, of Endgame. It was like, so they all just went right back to high school? Um, and yes, they did. Because Literally. Because the blip, when it was undone, put everybody back right, where, where they, they were, were when it happened at the age they were when it happened. So they actually do take that little, I guess, plot hole from Endgame and they address it. Um, and that's one of the things that I really love because Sony – in the properties for Spider-Man is still outside the Marvel 
Um, but they found out that their movies, ever since uh, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans, haven't been working. Um, Spider-Man 3, for me, was just a mess. Um, both of the movies with Andrew Garfield were just hot messes. I hated both of them. Um, so Sony realized, okay, while we may still own the Spider-Man property, if we're going to make these work, we need to just tap into the MCU and tie our stories into yours. Right. Because, yeah, it makes sense. Because notice, we even get Nick Fury and um, Mariah Hill in these. Yeah. Mariah Hill? Maria. Maria. Maria Hill. God, now I just put a madman. Um, Mariah Hill. So What were you listening to on the way over I'm here? I'm about to say, right? Um, and it'll be Mariah Carey, so if you're going to be... I but, had a vision of love. But yeah, <laughs> so they Sony got wise and said, all right, we know that our last attempts at Spider-Man just did not work, so Marvel, where do you want us to take this character to tie into your phases and we'll do it? Yeah, Fox could have learned from that with their Fantastic Four. Uh, yes. Yeah, well. But, you know, we're going to get a good Fantastic Four eventually, so that's all that matters. I was really, I was really hoping that was going to be something in the end scene, some, some type of little nugget in the Spider-Man to like show the Fantastic the building Four. or something like that? Any of that would have been fine, that right. Been nice. um, At one point, they were talking about having Sam Wilson make his first appearance as Captain America in this movie. I don't think we're ready for that just yet. I think that actually, I really think that needs to be brought up in either the next Avengers or the next Captain America, where they're like, okay, well, the world needs a Captain America. And then have Sam say, well, fortunately, Steve left that to me. And then have him like pull the shield out of a drawer or something. And, and he'll be like, I think it's time. So. Yeah, I, I, I'm ready for, for Sam Wilson as Cap. Well, I'm ready for it. Man, it's, the time is just flying. Mm-hmm. So I, I actually do love this movie. I'm trying to think. What else did we actually hit on? I mean, I, we're saying we don't want to spoil too much for the listener, but it's, we've always spoiled a, a, a bunch of it. Uh, I like the part of how that dude who got caught up in the blip and actually aged and came back. Oh, yeah, Brad. Was, was it Brad? Brad. Yeah, and how he did <laughs> everything he could to sabotage Peter and MJ, and it backfired on him royally. Well, And know, MJ wasn't interested. I, lo- I looked up him, and he actually does make one appearance in Spider-Man comics, in Amazing Real- Spider-Man. Nice. Yes. Apparently, there was this there's this issue where Spider-Man and MJ were on a break, and they were invited on on a cruise or something like that t- together, and MJ shows up with her date, and it's Brad. Oh. And that's the only appearance he makes, is that one issue. He's okay, so now, from since, so now that just totally reminded me of a part that I loved in this movie, is when he has a glass that Tony Stark leaves him, and you find out that they have access to basically everything that tony's made and i mean everything and brad has taken a picture of peter when they stop in is it prague and he's in prague and he goes into this little barn because dimitri who is with um with shield and fury has come to get him because they need spider-man to go to prague for what they have and he's in the barn and she's like you have to put on this costume because fury said spider-man can't be seen in europe so he has his pants down, get ready to change his outfits, and the, the, the female spy is just standing there. You know, she's unfazed by it, and the Brad guy takes the picture. So he's using Tony's glasses to try and get that picture off his phone. So then he screws up, and he tells Edith to target Brad. And she's like, is Brad a target? Yes, Brad's a target. And all of a sudden, you see the space trail. Like, <laughs> the drone boy, trying to kill drone Brad. And shooting out, like, oh, he's done it now. <laughs> Brad's going to die. <laughs> That is a great scene, man, and you'll love that because he doesn't quite understand that he just told uh, Star yeah. Technology, kill this guy. I kind of look forward to and that. And everybody on the bus. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah see, this, look, everyone, a goat. <laughs> yeah, my wife pointed out something about that. She didn't particularly like that scene too much because, you know, 
it, they're being shot at and everything, and everybody seems a lot calmer than what they should be. Well, no one knows they're being shot at as the thing. But still, I mean, it, you know, the, the bus is all over the place, and everybody seems just a lot calmer than what they probably It wasn't right. a lot of screaming, especially all that yeah. swerving that bus was doing. Yeah, she, that Especially was a, on that sharp turn that that road was well, on. And that, be, ah! and that great bit when Flash takes the glasses, he's like, give him back, give him back. And he finally punches him and, and knocks him out. Him out. And the girl's like, what? Did punch? you just punch Flash? <laughs> and he's like, no. <laughs> I like the fact that uh, Betty Brant was in this with Ned and they were a right. couple. Right, because yeah. that happens in the actual comics, I, right? I, I like yeah. that Betty Brant and, and Ned become a couple for part of the movie they break right. they, they they're not at well the and that's so great is because at first ned's like telling peter i don't understand why you know our plan is we're two american bachelors that you know overseas in europe and europeans love americans <laughs> they do and so he said like we got to be two bachelors on the run you know we have to you know not be committed to women we're you know we're going to be in europe and then He's on the flight over there's a mix-up with the seats because peter wants to sit by mj and and ned screws it up horribly and ends up sitting next to Betty. Well, by the time the plane lands in Venice, now they're suddenly a couple. <laughs> yeah, that was great. And you know, one of my favorite parts of the movie is when they were stuck on the um on on the what's it called the Ferris wheel. Ferris wheel. The Ferris Thank wheel. You. Yes. And and she goes, "I'd kiss you, but I think I threw up in my mouth a little bit." And goes, <laughs> I might have a mint. I think I have a breath mint. <laughs> well, you know what was funny, and and I hate saying this, but that entire scene. With the the molten uh, elemental, mm -hmm. uh, reminded me a lot of Shazam in the carnival. Yeah, I had the exact same feeling watching this. I think, oh, stole a little from Shazam, did we? Uh, that <laughs> and the uh, running down of the credits with the telling the cast, right? The cast and doing the whole cartoon thing again. Yep. yep. Yeah, it was fun. That part was fun. I I like I like how they used the you know they never called them that, but you know you had molten man, hydro man, right? Sand had man all, had all of them. Had all of them. Well. And then I, I actually really do love the way MJ tells them, you know, that you're Spider-Man. And she makes it clear that says, well, yeah, all I have to do is watch you for any amount of interest. And it's pretty obvious. You know, you disappear, Spider-Man shows up. It's just like Lois Lane and Superman. Superman's here and Clark's nowhere to be seen. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I love, that, not to digress for a moment, I love how when she finally found out, well, not found out, she kind of like reveals she knew all along. When she said, well, first of all, <laughs> she just takes his glasses off of him and rubs his hair and tells him, he said, now you can tell me I'm just your super something, something to that point. But that was great how they did it. It didn't go into, oh, God, how did I know? She knew. Well, I love when uh, he he's first he's trying to deny it. No, I'm not Spider-Man. No, I'm not Spider-Man. And then finally, you know, when everything's breaking loose and he realizes, okay, now I have to deal with this. Mm -hmm. she's, he goes, yeah, okay, I am Spider-Man. And she goes, I was only like 67% sure. <laughs> and she goes, I can't believe I guessed it. Yep. And then Ned, and Ned had to rub it in her face that he knew first. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, you got to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, see, I don't understand why people love doing that in those movies because I remember way back in Smallville when Smallville was on TV. And and Chloe found out that Clark, you know, was from another planet. And then Pete, she finds out that Pete Ross knew. And he's like, wait, Pete knew? Why did Pete know? <laughs> Same type of thing. Yeah. Well, so the end. There is an end credit scene in this, guys. Shush, Tommy. I can see you already looking at. We're not going to tell you what it is, but I can tell you in our theater there was a raucous cheer by everybody in the theater when mm -hmm. we saw it. And you're going to love the. the there are two end scenes too. Right, there is a typical mid credit one, and there's one all the way at the end, and both of them are worth seeing. Uh, and I, I can tell you, 
there's a lot of those Marvel movies where you watch the, the mid credit scene and it has a tie to the universe and what's being set up. And then the one after that at the end credit is usually like a letdown, like, oh, God, why is it for this one? Mm-hmm. The end credit one in this one is actually important as well. Yep. I don't know. The, in, in Spider-Man Homecoming, I think the final credit scene with Captain America talking was pretty funny. I don't remember that one. Oh, yeah. He's talking about how, how you just waited all this time for the final credit, and you might be having a little bit of a letdown because you're not getting what you expected and everything. It's pretty funny. I don't remember. I must not have seen yeah, it. Yeah, you might you have to go YouTube it or something. It's hilarious. I'll have to do that then. So how much time we got left? Oh, wow. We only got, we're down to three minutes. Oh, right. So, Madman, um, I'm sorry for what we may have spoiled since you hadn't seen any movies. See, guys. Um, There's some questions I'm going to want to ask you. you usually over. when we go to these movies, it's all of us going together. Mad Men, unfortunately, is doing his show on Tuesday nights at 6 o'clock of Shock Monkey Radio. So at the time we were sitting down to watch the movie, he was just wrapping up his podcast and probably cussing us the entire time. Yeah. Because <laughs> he knew they're going to go see Spider-Man. I'm going to have to listen to this Oh, tomorrow. no. That's just how, <laughs> how I act after every show. I'm cussing everybody I know. <laughs> that's true, too. You, you get your mouth on just before you do that. Absolutely. So anyway, so that brings that's a good segue dun, 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 um, into our other shows here on FXBG Public Radio. Mad Men does Shock Monkey Radio every Tuesday night at 6 p.m. live. Uh, we also have a, a sister show here now, Comics Online Podcast on Monday nights from 930 to 10.30. And look at that. I remember the, the time without a script. Enos has got his two Facebook pages that's closely affiliated with us. Um, Batman, Yesterday, Today, and Forever, and the realm of... Crap, I don't have it up in front of me, Enos. Wake up. I'm good. You're good? Okay, well, we just won't mention Enos's Facebook page. Then. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so uh, we and we are available on um, Gmail. We would love to hear from you guys at Lost in the Long Box at gmail.com. We also now have a Patreon account because we are growing and we want to make sure that we can start bringing you guys a lot of new content. So, patreon.com slash Lost in the Long Box. And we do have small little donations as much as five dollars. Even if you're just, you know, don't have much money to give, but you like what we're doing and want to see us do more, throw five dollars at us. We'll appreciate it. That's right. Um, but until next time, we are going to be down here wondering: Would any male in a Marvel universe actually date Black Widow? I mean, think about it. If she's true to her name, at some point you're a goner. Right. I mean, she could definitely kill you. <laughs> right. And why is that, Enos? Because we're lost in the long box. Yes, we are. Thanks, guys. See have you next week. Oh, everybody, Saturday. have a safe fourth. You know, like grasshopper, I pray man, it's late.